And he said the miracle words, I think history is repeating itself. And he started me on treatment. And that's why I could, I did all these wonderful things and was able to continue as a cosmetic surgeon. Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. July the 12th, as I record this, it's a hot and muggy night, early morning in Chattanooga, and I've just been fumbling with the software because there was a quote-unquote update and improvement from the provider, and it's like I'm having to learn how to edit all over again. Rats. I have so enjoyed hearing from some of you who write me back who are on my email list. If you're not there already, join me at lameredith.com. That's where you're going to hear what the podcast is about and also on my writing. And so I've really appreciated that that you write back and I have loved it. I am in the throes of finishing some of my edits for uh, Grounded in Grit, my book that is half memoir, half personal development book, just a short book that has taken me a long time to get squared away. But just as I think I'm finished and I edited a place and that means I have to edit three other places and then the formatting. So it's been a frustrating time and I today was telling a friend like I wish I played the clarinet. I wish that I did anything but was committed to being a writer because sometimes the details really get me. The little things just are so frustrating. And then today about I'd say an hour later I got a message through WhatsApp from someone in a whole different continent who said, you don't know me, but I just wanted to let you know what your book has meant to be and of course meant to me. And of course I'm paraphrasing, but she left me a what would be a page in just a thank you letter for writing. And I just remember that it's so important to appreciate the connections that we make. So in the podcast, when I hear from you, when you share, when you write me back on my email list at lameredith.com, so helpful. And the same that I know my author friends and I feel like when you read a book and you write a review or you reach out to the author, it's such a beautiful thing. So that's what's keeping me afloat today in the midst of uh, other tedious details. And I am loving summer. I'm not going to lie. I think I've picked the exact right place I need to be living right now. So I'm excited to have my first summer away from Alaska in Chattanooga and just enjoying the community now, finally feeling a part of the community and looking forward to what happens next. Anyhow, hope you enjoyed Dr. Alan Laika. His staff reached out to me to be on his podcast, and I will be in the future. And he has an interesting story that he has shared from his home in Canada. And I think sometimes it's really important to question a diagnosis that we get from a healthcare provider. Here's a healthcare provider 
who was given a wrong diagnosis that could have ended his career. So I hope you'll find his story to be interesting and have a wonderful week. Thanks always for being here. Welcome, Persisters and Brothers, to Persistence You with Lisbeth. And today I am so honored to be in the company of Dr. Alan Laika. Dr. Laika and I connected through the podcast universe, and I am also looking forward to being on his podcast. But before all of that, he has a pretty incredible story as a pretty thriving dermatologist back in the day. Uh, his life took what was a charmed life took a very serious turn some years ago, and it changed everything for him. So I would rather have him speak to that. But thank you for being here, Dr. Laika. And I am so honored to have you as the guest. Well, thank you for having me, Elizabeth. Now, I, you know, my story is that I was walking in Disneyland with my dear wife, Lucy, when my wife turned to me and she said, what's wrong with you, hon? You know, for once in my life, I hadn't said anything wrong. I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't even thunk anything wrong. <laughs> but, but she persisted. She said, what's wrong, dear? I said, I don't think anything's wrong. Well, she said, listen to your foot. And I said, what do you mean, listen to your foot? That's the funniest thing you ever said. And she said, well, listen to it. And my right foot had suddenly and mysteriously developed a right foot drop. It was flapping on the pavement with each step I was taking. Now, oh, wow. well, that, that is bizarre, Elizabeth, because your brain is designed to let your foot be picked up with each step that you're taking. Well, mine wasn't doing it. It was flapping on the pavement. So my wife said, did you have a stroke? And I said, oh. dear, you're a doctor. I'm a doctor. This is not what a stroke is like. If I had a stroke, I'd probably be lying on the pavement, muttering something unintelligible. Well, then she said, when you get back, you better get this checked out. Well, uh, wow. Elizabeth, when your wife says that or your spouse says that, what do you do? Exactly. And she's a doctor. Yeah, that's right? right. So you better get it checked out. So, oh my so I saw dozens of doctors, probably hundreds of doctors by the time I'd finished. They did CAT scans. They did brain scans. They even did scan scans. And you know what they showed at the end of the day? What's that? Absolutely nothing. Oh, how frustrating. The doctors were frustrated. They were befuddled. They thought there was a brain tumor or maybe a slipped disc or something they could pin it on, but they couldn't find anything. So you know what a doctor does when he can't find anything wrong? Refers you to another doctor, I would yes, think. Yes, who does more tests and more tests and more tests. Who, <laughs> and re more money. who refers you to another doctor who does more tests right. and more tests and more tests. And the, oh, the problem dear. is they still showed nothing at the end of the day. So they all got together and they figured, we're going to send him to a neurologist. A neurologist is the brain guy. They have all the answers to all the questions. So they sent me to this world-leading neurologist. And I walked in and I said, hi. And he said, hi back. But he said, you better be sitting down when I tell you this. I said, why? I've got a dropped right foot. He said, no, you don't. You have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. 
get your affairs in order, you're going to be dead in six months. In six months they gave you? They gave me six months. So I said, is there a way to prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, on autopsy. Oh, my goodness. Is that true? Well, that's the only way they could prove it because there's no test that proves ALS. It's the absence of everything else. Okay, I did not know that. I was mad. I I slammed the door as I walked out and I said, I'm not going to die to prove you wrong. So I, you know, when you go through something like this, you go through the phases of death and dying that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote in her book on death and dying. You go through anger. You're angry at the world. I was angry at everyone. I was angry at everything. And, you know, I couldn't tell people what was wrong. Otherwise, they might abandon me. So you go through bargaining. Oh, God, please don't let this happen. I'll do anything if you don't let this happen. You go through denial. You know, there's nothing wrong. I can do anything. There's nothing wrong. I just have a dropped right foot. Who knows what that is? But then my right hand started not working properly. Uh-oh. I couldn't grasp instruments like I used to. And so I looked at it and I said, Jesus, is not good. But, you know, I was smart. I was able to do everything left-handed from being right-handed. So I trained myself to be a left-handed doctor. And then you go through the phase of depression. Have you ever been depressed, Elizabeth? Sure. Yeah, it's the worst. You can't eat. You can't sleep. You stare at the ceiling all day. You can't get out of bed. Why should you? You're going to die anyhow. You know, but I wasn't going to die of ALS. In ALS, you die gasping for air. You know, it's a terrible death people go through. So I I had a plan to kill myself. I wasn't going to die that way. Oh, wow. So I went to my wife and I said, dear, what do I have? And she said, I haven't got the faintest idea, but you'll figure it out. I said, dear, I've seen hundreds of doctors. How can I figure it out? She said, well, you probably just haven't seen the right doctor yet. So back in the early 2000s, something new was invented. You might have heard about it. It's called the internet. (laughs) You, You ever hear about that? Uh, yeah. One or two times a day, I think, yes. And But, you know, back then, the Internet was very primitive. You had to get on by dial-on connections. Your phone would get on a cradle and communicate with another phone, and it would go, ria, 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 for something like 15 minutes. And if it would connect, you were able to talk to people on the other side. Well, I had friends that were nerds, so they helped me communicate. And the internet then was like the internet now. It has the world's best resources, but it's full of garbage cans. And you can't tell the garbage cans from the great resources. But I persisted, and I found a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, by the name of David Martz. And he had a story very similar to mine, but he got worse much more rapidly. And within weeks of his diagnosis, he was on his deathbed. So David was so well-known. Doctors from around the world were coming up to say goodbye to him. And a doctor came from Texas, Dr. Harvey, and he looked at David and said, David, I don't think you have ALS. I don't think you have Lou Gehrig's disease. David whispered, because that's all they could do at that time. 
what do I have? The doctor from Texas says, I think you have chronic Lyme's disease. I think you've been bitten by a tick and it's causing a chronic neurological illness that looks just like ALS. And he says, if I'm right, I can start you on treatment and get you better. Well, David said, well, what do I have to lose? I'm dying. So the doctor from Texas started him on treatment and a miracle happened. Like Lazarus, David rose from the dead. And within two weeks, he was back to his usual self. So David started a clinic to treat people with this weird disease. So I knew I had to call him. So I called every hospital in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I got in touch with them at the Methodist Hospital. And we talked for hours. And he said, Dr. Leica, can you come down and see me? And I said, when? He said, what about right now? And I said, David, I can't. It's Thanksgiving in Canada. My wife's invited 50 people over. Well, David said, aren't there any planes in Canada? (laughs) He wasn't going to let me off. He wanted to see me. So he he wanted me to get on a plane. So I went to my wife and I apologized. And I said, I'm not going to be here for Thanksgiving. She said, where are you going? I said, there's a doctor in Colorado Springs that claims he can help me. And she said, well, what are you waiting for? Let me pack your bags for you. Let me take you to the airport. She said, I can take care of those 50 people. Don't worry about it. So I got on a plane from Edmonton to Denver. It was a great flight. Then I got on a, on a flight from Denver to Colorado Springs. It was a rinky-dink puddle jumper. Have you ever been on a rinky-dink puddle jumper, Elizabeth? I'm from Alaska. That, yes. Ah, then you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. This one is particularly bad because the air comes off the desert at the end of the day and it causes eddies, which causes turbulence. So you're like on the drop of doom at Disneyland over and over and over again. You're a fly and then you'll drop 100 feet. You'll climb back up, you'll drop 200 feet. You'll climb back up and you'll drop 300 feet. So the 15-minute flight is the flight from hell. And, you know, when you land, you're green. Everybody on the plane was green. So I crawled off the plane, and there was David on the tarmac to meet me. He was a well-known doctor. I was a well-known doctor. Back then, they hadn't put in all the safety precautions they have now. So he said, Dr. Leica, let's talk. And we talked. And he said the miracle words. I think history is repeating itself. And he started me on treatment, and that's why. I could, I did all these wonderful things and was able to continue as a cosmetic surgeon till 2019 when I walked away to help more people in the ways that I have been. So it was truly a magnificent journey. And I'm glad. Did you have Lyme disease? I, did you have Lyme that's disease? That's the working diagnosis. That's the working I diagnosis. I will be darned. And the treatment for that is pretty. Like, can you describe a little bit of the treatment? Well, the treatments are, are more hard. The treatments are variable, and different doctors will prescribe different treatments. So okay. I don't want to say all my treatments, just in case someone's listening and says, "Well, that's what I want to do." I think they need right. to see a Lyme aware doctor, somebody that knows what they're doing, so that they can okay. be treated appropriately. Because it's very important that the diagnosis be established and the treatment be established. Because without the proper diagnosis and treatment, a person does not get well. They, they just stay the way that they are, and they deteriorate. 
So how long before you felt pretty darn good? You know, I felt good throughout the time. You know, I still have a dropped right foot and my right hand is not perfect, but guess what? Okay. I've been able to compensate. I've been able to do everything and it's a marvelous life. I've been able to do everything I could possibly imagine and more. Good. Oh, that is just terrific. And it's good to get the word out. I had never once heard that the symptoms could mimic ALS symptoms. You know, Lyme's disease can mimic almost any disease. So if a person is not feeling well, it should be called, it should be in something called the differential diagnosis. There should be some of that that somebody should think about. And, and they should always think of it in the back of their mind when a person is not doing well with whatever treatment they're getting. That is so interesting. Okay. Well, I'm very, very happy for you. Now, when you stepped away and was it 2019? 2019, I walked away. And that was when, uh, you know, I was in the process of writing a, a book. Uh, the book is, right. came out in 2020. It's called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. I wrote it with a co-author by the name of Harriet Tinka. And it became an international bestseller. And it, it is just defied our expectations. Wonderful. And, of course, you have a radio show nearly with the same name. Well, what happened is my book became a podcast. The podcast became a syndicated radio show. So it's a syndicated radio show now playing 12 times a week. And it's getting 3 million listeners a month. Fabulous. That is so terrific. What do you think is the greatest takeaway that you want listeners to have when they're going through, you know, not everyone has the resources to even see that second or third doctor. No, but because I, I, it's I think so people have expensive. to realize that it's, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. And, okay. you know, to get a second opinion, is not that hard. You know, if a person thinks there's something wrong, they really need to explore it and know it because the consequences of not getting it done are much more right. expensive than getting it done properly. Right. Yes, absolutely. Is it do you think it's a little bit easier to get it done in Canada because you have healthcare no, that's no, a little more accessible? I, I, I think it's difficult in all countries, you know. Is it? Okay. You know, okay. Diseases that are difficult to diagnose are always difficult to diagnose, no matter what country <laughs> <Everything>. you're in. <laughs> and that goes around okay. the world. I don't care if it's right. Germany or France or <laughs> Italy or, or, you know, all the other countries. No, it's difficult. Oh, and I just can't even imagine if you'd gone through this during the pandemic when Everyone was shut down for a while. and where we I, I, didn't think, I think access, the pandemic so. was difficult, but they it <laughs> did show us something. And that's, we do have Zoom. Right. And you can, Absolutely. you can access doctors around the world because of Zoom. And so it, it, although it caused some barriers, it also lowered barriers in other ways. Even with things like regular therapy, all kinds of appointments and work schedules and things are probably permanently changed. And so it isn't all negative. 
Well, that is terrific. Now, how are you enjoying having your show? You know, I love my show. You know, every day it's it's like a box of chocolates. Like uh, it, it's an amazing thing. The the things we do each day is is like this week. I've talked to people from Germany. I've talked to people from uh, Lisbon. I've talked to you. Know, so every day I have guests from around the world. Now, that is truly the amazing thing of Zoom. It shrinks the world and makes it a better place. So my show is, is growing because of the wonderful guests that I have and the people that I'm able to bring the energy as a result. And that helps a lot to bring the, the show to another level. Great. That is so terrific. And what's the plan now for you? What are you working on next? You know, my show is is really a great thing, and I'm going to build it to another level. Uh, I'm also being offered uh, the ability to do two TV shows as well. So uh, that is on the agenda to work on. Uh, I also am a professional speaker, and in a few months I hope to hit the circuit again and get some of my speeches out there. And, uh, you know, there's so many things that I love to do. I also am a professional coach, so I love to coach people. And so if people do have problems, I invite them to pick up, uh, to go to my website and go to uh, coachingwithdrlika.com and get a free 15-minute discovery session so I can help them with their individual problems. Excellent. Well, it sounds terrific. Sounds like you have a lot of things in the works. And how is your wife? She must feel so good that she was the first to acknowledge something was different with you. Uh, You know, we've been now uh, married for 40 years. And so the answer is it keeps on going as a result of that. (laughs) <laughs> that is so terrific. I'm glad you listened to her. Wise man. Yeah, well, you know, I'd hate to think what would have happened if I did not. That's right. Because what does happen, let's say, hypothetically, if you had a person had Lyme's disease and it went untreated, what would could possibly the range of outcomes Slowly gets happen? worse until people deteriorate and their organ systems fail. Okay. All right. Well, in show notes, you know, maybe you could send me a couple of well, I'll look for a checklist of something people can look for if they have those kind of nonspecific symptoms that are not being treated I, I, well. I, th- you said I think that- anything that they feel is not responding, ask your doctor, could this be Lyme's okay. disease? Good. Good point. I mean, it would have been highly unlikely when I lived in Alaska that I would have Lyme disease if I were uh, you know, just there, but you never know. The answer is the the organism that causes it a tick is spread by the migratory birds so the answer is it could be anywhere wow interesting well i am certainly glad that you got your treatment i I am too (laughs) the world has a lot more plans for you so the answer is we can do a lot more and you know when you go through what i have every day is a blessed day you're given another day to give something that you didn't have before. So something you need to really enjoy and be cognizant of. Right. It's a reason for celebrating every day. Yes, That's for so sure. Terrific. For sure. Well, I love that you continue to do that and bring great stories on through your radio show. And 
So where can people find connect with you, you know, and the your best, work? The best place is on my website, Dr. Alan Lyka. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Lyka, L-Y-C-K-A.com. There's a lot of great resources on there for people to have. And there's also a box that you can sign up where we give you what I call a golden pearl of wisdom a week so that you'll get some more of my wisdom as a result of this. Oh, that's terrific. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to connecting with you in the future on your show. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. I look forward to that as well. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, tell a friend and go ahead and give us a review. I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.